Krishna comes as Lord Chaitanya primarily to experience three aspects of pure love of God that he can't that he can't experience in the spiritual world. And that is the glory of Srimati Radharani's love, number one. He's Krishna in the spiritual world, and he has this wonderful loving exchange with the gopis headed by Srimati Radharani. But he notices, I just if you read the uh, uh, Lila chapter 4, it's all explained in there. Uh, he notices that Srimati Radharani is enjoying more than he is. That her bliss is of a higher standard even than his own. And he can't experience that. Uh, he's, he also knows that she experiences his own glories, his beauty, his personality, his all attractiveness, in a unique way that he can't taste from his point of view. Through the, through the lens of her uh, perfect love, she's experiencing his uh, qualities in a, a way that he wants to taste. That's number two. And the third thing he wants to experience is her bliss, her ananda, that she's experiencing from loving him and being loved by him. So uh, there's a verse describing this. And therefore, Krishna takes on the complexion and mood of Radharani as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears in this, this Kali so, uh, that's his internal reason. That's the main reason described as the main reason. But the secondary reason, which is very, very, very important, or we, would, or we wouldn't be here, is to spread Krishna consciousness, to give a chance to the benighted souls, these vimudhas, fools of this Kali Yuga especially, a chance to uh, enter into the wonders of Krishna consciousness, of Bhakti Yoga, to be saved from the torments of birth, death, old age, and disease, the threefold miseries, and generally life in this material world, especially in the Kali Yuga. So he's, he's exactly in this mood. He's, he's feeling this, this mood. He takes it on. That mood of Pallad Maharaj, also expressed uh, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu directly, the Haridas Thakur in the Antulila. There's a, there's a wonderful passage there where Lord Chaitanya is in great anxiety. How am I going to save all these fools, you know, who are not chanting Hare Krishna? And Haridas Thakur is encouraging him. No, don't worry, my lord. When you went through Jarikan forest and you were chanting, and even the, the trees were echoing, and you know the the, 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 uh, the deer and the lions and the elephants began chanting. So he says that wasn't really an echo. That was a that was the undeveloped living entities chanting Hare Krishna. So everyone who's here now in this material world, while you're here, all the developed living beings. Uh, going back to God, because, you know. And then, then Prabhupada says in the purport, well, how, how are the, the, the world still populated? Because the undeveloped living entities have come up. And, you know, anyway, Prabhupada says in that, in that purport, one of those purports there, that this is the characteristic of sincere devotees. They were trying to mitigate the anxiety of Lord Chaitanya by working in his line to try to deliver as many souls as possible by going on Harinam last night and the book distribution was so nice to see people you know, walking away with Bhagavad Gita. I understand more than 70 or so last night, which is fabulous. And uh, somehow or other, injecting this, uh, turning their face and their attention toward Krishna. This word, Vimukhachetasa. Vimukhachetasa literally means turning your consciousness away, your face away from the Lord, turning your back on Krishna. This is the origin of our, our whole existence in this material world. In the 11th canto, in the teachings of the nine yogendras, the first one, 
uh, describes to Marjanimi there, uh, the source of fear of material life. And this famous verse, Bhayam, Bhayam is fear. Bhayam dutiyavandavesitaksyad, So fear arises when we become, we turn our back on Krishna. Ishada peitasya literally means turning away from the Isha, from the Lord. And becoming absorbed in this vitiya. Vitiya is material energy, which in our ignorance we separate from Krishna. So we, so we think it's the second thing, vitiya. There's something aside from God. And we forget all about God. We simply become absorbed in this material energy, trying to exploit it, trying to enjoy it, and trying to avoid all the miseries that it's, that it's given us. So, so that's the source of fear. Suddenly we've lost contact with our eternal protector and master and lord and lover. Who, who, there's, no, there's nothing like that in the spiritual world. There's no threefold miseries, there's no birth, old age, and disease and death. There's no fear, there's no anxiety. That's why it's called like this. So, uh, and then, uh, the, the paria means we, our position becomes reversed. Rather than understanding ourselves as eternal servants of the Lord and acting in that way, that way at every moment, we forget that identity, we become an, uh, uh, identified with the external body, and we become false purushas, enjoyers and exploiters of this material energy. And that's maya, that's the maya devi, the threefold miseries, daiviyesha gunamaya. And the, the, the illusion, the trick, is a trickster. It means that, that it's, it's just like advertising. You know? They try to lure you in with, with, by, by appealing to some desire of yours. Or oftentimes, even if you're trying to sell you a car, they get your attention with sex, with the urban girl. So there's a beautiful woman selling you the car, or like that. In other words, there's a whole science to, to it. How to fire up your desire to believe that if I buy this thing, I get this hard-earned money for whatever they're selling you, that'll make me happier. Or that will protect me from the, 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 the difficulties of the material world. The, the insurance industry. Think about it. It's entirely based on fear. They try to frighten you. Oh, my, my house might burn, might, might burn up. My car, I'll have an accident. And the other guy won't be insured. I'll be, you know, so I better get this insurance. Insurance against the threefold miseries. But there's no insurance, really. It's just an illusion. The whole thing is an illusion. You can't be happy by trying to enjoy the material energy. You certainly can't be, be safe by buying this, buying that, whatever you do. There's no safety. There's no happiness. So that's Maya Devi. So this turning away from Krishna, this is the central problem, forgetting Krishna. Krishna Bhuri Sejiva Nade Bodhimukha. Again, Bodhimukha means turning your face to the external world. This is in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And because of that act, that original sin, if you want to call it, for eons and eons, it's so long, it's called an Adi. We can't trace out the time. It could be thousands and millions of lives of Brahma. We've been circling around and around, different species up and down in the same ignorance, Vibhuda consciousness. So this is the, the great soul, beginning with, of course, Krishna himself, they understand that there's no hope for these fools unless there is what they call in the, in the rehabilitation industry of you know, drug addicts, an intervention. There has to be an intervention. Krishna himself has to come in or sending his representatives. And that's what Srila Prabhupada was. He, he was sent by Krishna and by, by his spiritual master. He was empowered to intervene in our illusory life here in, in, in the United States, you know, beginning in 1965, to come and, and tell us it's all a big illusion. 
You know, here, here's the reality. Here's the Bhagavad Gita, your soul, your spirit, you're not matter, you'll never die, you were born before. Your activities now are determining your future. And if you don't wake up, you know, then, uh, then you're going to stay in this suffering condition. And here's real bliss, eternal happiness, not this flickering, illusory sense gratification, which is the source of our misery. It's one of the most revolutionary statements in the whole Bhagavad Gita. That enjoyment you're getting from uh, senses, contacting the sense objects, that is the source of your misery, of your young happiness. So then the next question is, well, how can we, where is their real enjoyment? And that's where Krishna kindness comes in. It's not just a question of negating. It's not all tapasya and vairagya and giving up. It's sublimating. Sublimating the very activity, the same sense activities, mental activities, intellectual activities. Connecting them to Krishna, making them sublime. I'm giving it, a, 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 I don't know if that, that word says, uh, sublimate has exactly that meaning. But that's the meaning it should have. And we're, we're, we're changing the, the, the language. Prabhupada gave new meaning to the word infallible, never falls down. That was basically, that's Krishna's achuta, he's infallible. So, uh, here in this verse that Prabhupada is speaking, he's saying, Na eva udvijay, I'm never disturbed. And he proved it by withstanding his father's tortures, you know. Would you be disturbed even at the very prospect of the idea of boiling, of being boiled in oil? That kind of shows a sense of shiver down his spine, doesn't it? Uh, no, no thank you. <laughs> but he just, he, you know, entered into that boiling oil completely uh, unconcerned. It's like Ambarish, the great devotees show this, the Haridas Thakur. Uh, Ambarish was threatened, you know, by Durvasa Muni, who was, you know what, I, I, just, I, I found out what Dubasa actually means. I saw that it had something to do, because I don't know Sanskrit really, that he was not wearing any clothes. But that's Vesha. Dubasa means difficult to live with. And yet, <laughs> the thing, think about the passage of Dubasa Muni, right? He, he's like, just like Shiva, he's a partial, easily pleased but easily angered. And he's, you know, he's angry. He's aggravating you know, Ambarisha, and then he goes after uh, Pandavas in the forest, you know, very puffed up with his uh, yogic power. So Devasa, I'm not going to tell the whole story, you probably know it, but he was envious of Ambarish. Ambarish was a king. Now the kings are always involved in hounds, shilling pens, but you know, uh, they can't be austere yogis in the forest like that, you know, they don't have the mystic powers. He was just a wonderful devotee. You know, so I'm not Krishna Vadala. He started to put his mind on Krishna's lotus feet. He used his hands to watch the temple and feet to go to the temple. Everything was connected to Krishna. And his desire is to fulfill the desires of Krishna. So he was a pure devotee, very exalted. So much so that Krishna gave him access to his uh, uh, chakra, Sudhasana chakra. So Ambarish was a proper chakriya, you know, and Durvasa had this plan that he would, he would embarrass him and put him into trouble by arriving, because he's very strictly following the Kadashi. And you know how if you read the, the calendar, we don't follow it so strictly usually, but there's a certain interval to break the fast, and if you're outside of the interval, then it's an offense, you don't get the benefit like that. So, it, so Durvasa arrived just on the morning of breaking the, of, of breaking the fast for Kadashi, uh, a few minutes before that interval came. And uh, 
Ambrose, of course, invited him to, you know, join him for breakfast and break, literally break for breakfast, you know. So Durasa said, of course, of course, but first time I'd bathe, you know. So he went to take a bath, but he, pur he purposely prolonged it so that it would be outside the interval. And you know that Ambrose would be in great anxiety and he would, he would you know, do something that, that he could then uh, point his finger at. So Ambarish consulted his, his court Brahmins, they didn't really know him, and then he suggested, well, I'll just take some water. That's breaking the fast and not breaking the fast. So any reasonable, the implication is any reasonable guest would not take offense. Because it's a great offense to take, uh, if a guest comes and you eat before them and then later on you, you know, you have to serve them and that's take prasad on them. So he drank a little water and he broke the fast that way. And then Durasa comes out, he has his mystic power, so he understands that he broke the fast. He takes huge offense, creates this kritya from taking some hair. If you look it up, the kritya is a female, it's a demoness actually. Fiery, body made of fire. And this fiery demon, demoness is coming down Ambarish. And he's standing there, he doesn't move, he doesn't flinch. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. He's like, how he does talk, or like, Pallad, you know. So he's taking a big, you know, rocket Krishna Marike, Marike Krishna Marike, you know, it's up to Krishna to protect me. If he wants to, then otherwise I'll just perish chanting. So uh, what happens? The chakra takes the initiative, comes, annihilates the kritya, and goes after uh, the vasa. Now it's very glorious to be killed by the by the Trinan chakra. If he was really a devotee or advanced, he would have said, "Oh, great, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna," but he didn't. He was completely terrified. And off he runs, you know, and he has the power, he goes to Shiva, goes to Brahma, says, please help, please help, what can we do? That's, that's Krishna's chakra coming after me. He finally goes to Vaikuntha, he has his power as a, a mystic yogi, and uh, begs the Narayan, this is your chakra, please release this. I can't do anything, I'm completely under the control of my devotees. <laughs> Famous verse. And uh, they don't know anything but me, I don't know anything but them, you have to go back down there, and surrendered to Ambarish, and then if he, you know, of course Ambarish, you know, he said, of course, he, he prayed to the chakra, beautiful prayers in the chakra release. So, the point is, is that uh, the great devotees, they are, uh, they're already on the other side of this river. The idea is that he's addressing, uh, he's addressing the Sringadev as being on the other side. You're in the spiritual world, I'm with you at any time, now this is kind of our theme here, because the, uh, the verse, last verse we read was, uh, you may remember, those who were here, that uh, he's saying that I'm going to, uh, you know, cross over this difficult ocean, which is filled with the shokagina, the, the fire of lamentation, due to things that you don't want being thrust in your face, and things that you want to keep on from being ripped away from you. Uh, by uh, simply asking you to explain your bhakti yoga to me. And what, and, and, and the next verse says, by associating with your pure devotees, I'll hear Leela Katha of your old Lord Nishanga. He actually has his name in there. And in this way, I'll become completely immersed in, and uh, become liberated and cross over. So that's, he's reiterating that here. That anytime I want, I can sing your powerful activities. But virya gayan, virya means your heroic activities. And Mahamata Magna Chitta. My consciousness, Chitta, will be immersed, drowned in, a, in what is it? This, this wonderful synonym. Sometimes we don't actors in the word by words, don't, don't ignore them. 
in the great ocean of nectarian spiritual bliss. Now in that great ocean of nectarian spiritual bliss, can there possibly be any tinge of anxiety or disturbance? No, he's completely, whether the body dies or not, you continue in that bliss. So this is his happiness. But being a soft-hearted Vaishnava, a genuine Vaishnava, he is paradukaduki. He is feeling the pain of all of these poor souls who are, they don't know the art. They're in ignorance, they're in illusion, they're in Buddhas, complete fools. And so they're bearing the great burden, this Bhattabhubhato, of trying to enjoy Maya Sukhaya, the flickering illusory happiness. It's a trick. It's a trick to, to take your attention away from Krishna and think that you can enjoy here. But actually it's part of the whole prison house. It's part of the, the whole arrangement that Maya has to keep us here until we turn back again to Krishna. And, and make a great effort to take our pleasure wholly and solely in serving Krishna and glorifying Krishna. That's what's going on in the spiritual world. That's the source of actual happiness. And we have examples of it. Srila Prabhupada showed it, and it's, it's there throughout our books, of, of souls like us. In other words, completely conditioned souls. I think Jagai Madai, right, they're the examples of the Kali Yugites, who just performed every sin and crime, you know, as you can imagine. Except they didn't offend the lawyers. That was one thing, isn't there? <laughs> Until they offended Nityananda, but then the whole pastime took place and they were delivered. But uh, it, it just, it's just uh, from one illusion to another. Prabhupada mentions here in this purport how there's all these elaborate political, social, cultural plans to try to mitigate the miseries in this world and make a platform for enjoyment for people. Right? So you look at the history, you know, all these philosophies, I, I, I told the story, I'm not going to tell it again, how I was trained as a communist, schooled in Marx philosophy, literally my father would read to me Das Kapital in an English translation every night from when I was eight years old. Yeah. That was my philosophy. Yeah, that's my bedtime stories. You know, religion, it's the opium of the people. I was a total atheist. So, but, but, Anyway, it's a long story, but I was, uh, you know, I was immersed because along with that, I also had, the, 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 he was a communist, not as a, you know, Stalinist, but he, it, it grew out of his desire to help people in the 30s and 40s to overcome the, the Great Depression. He was an organizer of labor, all of this stuff. He was trying to help people. He had that, that good aspect. And so I inherited that also. And so the Vietnam War, I was obsessed with that, you know, growing up. And it was just a, such a horrible thing. You know, they have pictures and these poor kids, that famous picture of the young children running through the, the streets there with, with the palm that burned, you know, naked lady. Ay, ay, ay. And uh, it was just, it just struck me how to try to end it. What to do? Okay, I'll have a big demonstration. Let's go to Washington, D.C., you know. That's part of what Prabhupada's describing here. Elaborate political, social, cultural questions to try to cure the pains in this world. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's just going from one mode to the other and then back down into lower modes. It's, it's Maya's trick. It, there's no material solution to these material problems. There is a spiritual solution. Now, we, we, the, the previous verse, uh, this is also Pallad's prayers, we started out where he's describing the nature of this material world. Yes, Yasmat Priyapriya Vyobasiyo Janma Shokagna Sakadayona Shadayamana. 
that there's this great ocean of lamentation caused by these two simple principles, which I think we all experience in our lives, that those things which we value so much, they're very dear to us, Priya, they're taken away, either suddenly or gradually. Certainly your health is taken away. What could be more valuable? And just by the passage of time, right? You try to hold on to it, try to do this, and work out, do this, you know, become a vegan, whatever. Uh, but it's going to go. Yeah. And the things which are most abominable and hateful to you are sometimes put, forced upon you. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. This is the material world. You can't avoid it. So, Pallad is saying, I, I've been burning in this, you know, and people have shown and sucked up the Yonish in all kinds of species. And then there are the various remedies, which just turn out to be sources of more problems, you know. Uh, you remember, uh, some of you are too young, but uh, in the 80s, I think it was, there was a recognition that the ozone layer was depleted. Remember that, where the ozone, the big hole in the ozone layer? And if the ozone layer goes, then all the ultraviolet comes in and fries everything, including us. You know, they finally recognized that. The, the big chemical company that's producing it, the CFCs, I forget what it is, chlorofluorocarbons or something, they were, they were, they were what was, was uh, necessary for the air conditioning. The air conditioners we have now don't use that chemical. But that was the cheapest and easiest thing. And since the 30s, they, they invented it and it's been, been, been you know, going up into the atmosphere. DuPont, our old friend in New Jersey. Uh, you know, chemical companies. So they were, they were putting out as much propaganda as possible that there's no proof that the CFCs are really doing this if it goes on later. Just like the, the, the tobacco companies, before they finally put those notices on in the early 60s, uh, you know, smoking is hazardous to your health. You know, that was a huge fight to get that. But uh, they would pay doctors to explain there's no actual proof that smoking is bad for your health. I remember big ads, I remember Life magazine back in the old days, this big doctor with his stethoscope, you know. He may have been just an actor, but they uh, said, yeah, yeah, there's no proof. You know. Demonic, totally demonic. You know, finally, is it, yeah, it's giving you cancer and all these problems. So this is the material energy. Is that, that the, but, but the, the, the material energy and those who are serving it, this, the Asuras, uh, they'll destroy the whole world, you know, with their atom bombs and their CFCs and everything else, unless there's some countervailing force. Okay, we, we, we barely survived the 80s with that. If that ozone layer had gone, we wouldn't be sitting here. There'd be no life on Earth, literally. So, so this, is the, this is the material world. There, the, the only cure is Krishna consciousness. It has to begin in the heart. The simple living, the high thinking, undercutting uh, the, this whole consumerist uh, madness. Consu they're, consuming, they're consuming the very things that are essential in the environment to live. You know, like air, oxygen, putting too much carbon dioxide. So the, the answers are given here. Prabhupada is, you know, very much attuned to the social uh, facts and it brings Krishna kindness all the time. So, uh, Prahlad Maharaj, in the previous verse, he's an analyzing this, and the whole basis of it is the bodily concept of life. He ends with praying that the Lord, please instruct me in your, in your devotional service. The next verse he describes, yes, I'm going to practice devotional service in the association of devotees. I'm going to listen and, and get absorbed in your Lila Kata, which also means the holy name, Krishna Kata. And in this way, I'll actually be able to stop this fire of lamentation and uh, go back to Gaudi. 
So this, this verse is quite a few, it's almost at the end of his prayers, but he's expressing that he's, at, he's in that state. But he is lamenting. The same word, shoche, which is shokagnina. I am lamenting for this mukachetasa, these fools and rascals, the mudhas, who have turned their face away from you, literally, the mukachetasa. And indriyata maya sukaya, their goal in life is pleasing the senses, the sense gratification. And that's this illusory happiness, this flickering happiness of sense gratification. And bearing the great burden of trying to make the arrangements in this world to enjoy that. And so he's, he's lamenting for them. And in the next verse, which will be tomorrow, he's describing what he's going to do. And he's contrasting himself and other uh, devotees with other transcendentalists who have no concern for others. They're not, they're not really advanced because they're, they're not, their heart isn't softening. And, and the, the ideal, you know, the munis, muni comes from the word mauna, means silent. So these, Vayana Deva Munayo, Sobamukti Kama, he literally says that simply desiring for your own deliverance from the material world, liberation, is a kind of material desire. It's called Kama, Mukti Kama. Lord Chaitanya says the same thing to Sanatana Goswami. Who can really be peaceful in this world? Who could be more peaceful than Pallad, who couldn't even be disturbed when his father was trying to kill him in so many different ways? So what's the origin of that peace? This is a very nice verse, a Bengali verse. It says, Krishna Bhakta Nishkama Ateva Shanta Bhukti Mukti Siddhikami Sakali Ashanta That the devotees, because they have no material desire, they have absolutely no desire to enjoy in this world, they can be really peaceful. It's right from the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, look at the end there. But those are Bhukti Mukti Siddhi Kami. This takes in everybody else. The Bhukti Kamis are legion, 99.99%. means those who are very strongly desirous of enjoying sense gratification. That's the Bhukti Kamis. But there are also uh, Siddhi Kamis, the yogis, very rare, but they, they're practicing yoga uh, for the purpose, and it might not be even their original purpose, but when they get some shakti, and suddenly those cities start to come, and they realize that they can grab anything from anywhere, or that they can control people's minds, or they can travel to those wonderful heavenly planets, they get diverted by that. And that becomes their, their goal, to perfect those uh, uh, powers, just like the Vasamuni, and, and others in Bhagavatam who have the, have the powers, but they don't have any bhakti. And they're not really, it's just another type of material activity. And then there's the mukti kamis, whose sole mission in life is to get out of the, the round of birth and death. That's the sole mission. And they're attempt to do it, they're an illusion, because there's no, there's no mukti without bhakti. Wonderful uh, verse by Pallama, uh, by uh, Shabdev. Uh, Not that famous a verse, but it's a Preeti Until you develop love for Rishabdev is an incarnation. Until you develop, develop love for me, Vasudev, there's no uh, liberation from bondage to a material body. That's right there. There's no, there's no, there's no it's an illusory liberation. So, uh, that's a, a kind of karma. This is exactly what uh, Prahlad says in the next verse. They're desiring their... What do, what do these munis do? They don't speak to anybody. They're really maunam. 
Malam Chalamdi Vijane. Vijane means they wander where there's no people. Himalayas and the caves and the jungles somewhere, you know. Naparata Nishta, not at all determined to help others. You know, they just want their own liberation. So it says, I'm not like that. I'm not going to give up these fools and rascals. And Prabhupada explains, you know, I'll stay in the big cities, you know, and preach Krishna consciousness. In other words, undergo that austerity of living amongst the fools and rascals to try to save those who are somewhat receptive to the message. And that's why we're here. Because Baba took the trouble to intervene in our lives, which were in complete ignorance and doomed to, you know. So this is a, a very important mood to, to embrace this mood of Pallad. And that is, yeah, we want, we want to be uh, able to chant Krishna's glories in such a way that we can immerse in a, uh, a great ocean of nectarian spiritual bliss. And, and how does that happen? You know, I was reading this extraordinary purport. This book is not often read, you know, the Mukunda Mala Stotra. I don't know how many of you have looked into that. Book Prabhupada, you, you may have the idea that uh, Prabhupada didn't really write it, but he, but he did write the first 10 or 12 purports there. He wrote it actually before the Bhagavatam, back in India. I don't know if he serialized it BTG or not, I forget. But that, that, the first uh, verse, Sri Vadla Bhete, Vadla Bhete, there's a whole series of names. And, and uh, um, uh, King Kulashekar is praying there that he will never grow tired in chanting these names, that I'll always be eager to relish the, chanting your names. And he gives these sample names, you know, Prabhupada goes through each of them. But, but Prabhupada explains there, he more or less references the Ubadesha Mrita, you know that verse where Rupa Goswami is, is taking us from <laughs> surrendering to a guru all the way to living at Radhakund in that, in that book. And he says, uh, what is it? Um, uh, that's the next one. But the one before that? No, no, no. The one after that. Uh, yep. Uh, I forget. But it's the one where he says that chanting that the holy name, qualities and pastimes of Krishna is sweet, like honey. In other words, it's very tasty. But one who is suffering the, the jaundice, the, the hepatitis of ignorance, doesn't taste it like that. It tastes bitter. But how wonderful it is that if you regularly chant and hear the holy name, form, qualities, and pastimes of Krishna, that the disease of, of ignorance, which is compared to hepatitis, is destroyed at the root, and those very same names become as sweet as honey, as sweet as honey, to the point where you never want to stop. Right? Swami says, why two, one mouth? I want to have millions of mouths to taste the nectar of the holy name. So why aren't we tasting it? We're chanting Hare Krishna. You know, because there's still uh, the, the residue of opposition to Krishna, taking our mind away from Krishna, the material desire. So it's a purification process, purifying the heart, purifying the heart, so that we can experience the reality. All of this ignorance and interest and desire for the material energy is complete illusion. It's, 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 it is the chains that keep us bound here. That desire to, to enjoy something other than glorifying Krishna and serving Krishna. That's our natural position. That's who we really are. Going back home, back to God. So along with that, uh, the genuine bhaktas feel this urgency because they're attuned. Everyone is a God, brother, God, sister. Krishna is a universal father. So how can we let our, our intimate friends and relatives just continue to suffering without caring for them? 
If you're really Krishna conscious, the urgency to preach is there. And and Srila Prabhupada really alone amongst the followers of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati absorbed that mood from his spiritual master, took Lord Chaitanya's prediction and his desire as his life and soul, and he heroically came here to intervene in our vice of ignorance to save us. So how could so there's another prayer of Prahlad. Evam Janam Napatikam Bhavavai Bhupe Kama Vikamanashpakasanga. Pallad is, is uh, identifying with, as he often does with the conditioned souls. He says, Oh, I you know, I was I was uh, had fallen in, in amongst the, the, the conditioned souls, the demons, and I was taking on their material consciousness, but my spiritual master, Narada Muni, saved me and imparted unto me his uh, uh, transcendental qualities. How could I ever give up his service? He saved me. That that thankfulness, which is just good manners, really, you know, we should uh, feel completely indebted to Srila Prabhupada and our present Guru Dev, who's following in the line, for intervening in our lives, taking the trouble to write the books, to approach us, to come to America, put it into English, and create the society, and push and push his disciples, not just to relax in the temples, but go out there and intervene. That's, that's the, you know, we have a debt. We cannot repay. You know, we've been saved. Even if in this lifetime we don't complete the, the course, we're promised in Bhagavad Gita, Narada Muni, everywhere, that there's no loss. No, no loss, no diminution. All right, we'll come back again. We don't want to come back again. I don't want to come back again in this life. And in Kali Yuga, there's going to be so much suffering and horror. We should want to go back to Gaia. But there's no loss. In other words, we, we've been given a, a, a one-way ticket. You know, that do to the local. It's a question of whether we're just going to take the local bus or the express bus, you know, when they stop along the way through a lifetime. But still, what a gift. How could it be a greater gift? So, so as thankfulness to our great acharyas and gurus of different kinds who have given us this chance and an appreciation of, uh, of what we've been given and we should, we should give it out, but we should also be very assiduous in our own sadhana. So that we can learn to taste in, uh, this, the nectarian ocean of bliss at every moment. When when is there a time where, where you know in the Hare Krishna? I remember I back in the uh, early seventies, like many of us, I was shopping around. You know, I visited the Buddhists and this, and I would spend some time with the Rama Krishna mission. I was saved from that. Uh, but you go and you know, and and then I, I got to chant Hare Krishna, and by Krishna's grace, there was some appreciation. So I went here and there, but there was always a point where they said, okay, we're going to stop chanting Hare Krishna, we're going to do something else, you know. Okay. But then I was looking for that place where the more, the more you chant that mantra, the more they like you, and that was the Hare Krishna temple. <laughs> they never stopped you. <laughs> I'm taking out the trash, chanting Hare Krishna, and said, oh, that's very good. <laughs> so that, but to, to have that, you know, we got to be addicted to something. You know, that's material life. Oh, okay, that's the time. You're right, all right, just stop. Uh, thanks for that. So, just real quickly. Uh, in the 15th chapter, Bhagavad Gita, Krishna very nicely describes the process of transmigration. You know, there's a few verses. He said, Everyone is an anksha of me, uh, eternally, you know, and from, they go from life to life, and, and, the, and the consciousness... It's like a, you cultivate, it's like a, uh, a garden. 
you know, uh, or it's a trash heap, whatever you cultivate. And that's going to determine what kind of body you get in your next life. So there's one verse that says, okay, even your next body, Shogdram, Chakshun, Sparsha, Namcha, Rasanam, Gahanam, Evacha, Adishtaya, Manishtaya, Vishayana, Vasevade. So in your next body, he doesn't say it's a human body, but any body, any least, a little bit of the species, not some uh, uh, plant. Uh, but he says you get a certain uh, ear, eye, nose, sense of touch, another set of senses grouped about the mind. And with them, Vishayana Pasevate, you engage or you uh, enjoy and, and experience uh, the Vishyas, the object of the senses. Okay. Now that word Pasevate, I looked it up because I deal with words all the time. I have a big Sanskrit dictionary. One of the meanings is to become addicted to, to become addicted to. So in any human body or any lower animal body, there's a certain set of sense objects that really give you pleasure and then you want to do it again and again and again. And that's addiction. Video games, they finally recognize, is a, they're going to put it into that big book of mental diseases, I forget what they call it. It's an official book that every few years they revive. And uh, so that's going to be in there. Video game addiction. It's so bad. People, poor kids are dying at their consoles and they're playing 17, 18 hours, 20 hours, you know, not eating. Totally addicted. So that's just mine, obviously. We know that. So, so you've got to be addicted to something. And Prabhupada said, famously, to John Lennon and Yoko Ono, because he knew that they were addicted, not to Krishna, uh, that they asked, how do you find, how do you know who's a real guru? You find the one who's the most addicted to Krishna. <laughs> so we want to transfer our addiction to the things of this world to Krishna. And that comes from strict sadhana. Even when, you know, we don't want to do it, we do it knowing that it's for our best interest. And after a while you say, yeah, I want to go, I really want to chant more. Why do 16 rounds, you know? So that's uh, a sign of advancement. And uh, we should cultivate that so that everything material, all that material pleasure just seems horrible. We couldn't imagine it. Just like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll end here. And that is, uh, I remember when McDonald's started. I'm, I'm that old. It was like 1960 or 61, something like that. We used to go bowling uh, every Saturday, my friends, and I was in high school. And, and suddenly there's this McDonald's restaurant right near the bowling alley. I said, okay, let's go there after. You know, and it would just be a thing. You know, cheeseburgers, you know, and it's mad with french fries, whatever. So, that was, you know, I, I was into it for a while. But that now, that's, I, I can't even imagine, you know, what I know now. In other words, there's no attraction for me. There's no attraction for this impossible meat either. We don't want to be reminded, do you? You know, a nice big hamburger made of, made of uh, all, all plant food. No, 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 thank you. Give me a nice pakora with some, some, some chutney. Off of the Krishna, right? So that's, a, that's, that's good. We want that. There's not even any vestigial desire that's going to bring you back to, to that. So when uh, our, our desires are completely for serving Krishna, and we're so eager to meet with the devotees here and chant, what, the time is gone already? Where did those two hours go? That, that's what we want. So now I've been way over time. I don't have time for reading about Bhagavad Swami or any questions. I'm really sorry. Or maybe we could have one or two, because the, the authorities have left the room. So, yeah. <laughs> Sir, uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate your lecture today. Hare Krishna.
Um, I do have a question, and I think you're the perfect person to answer it, because um, my question has to do with, uh, if you could explain a little bit to me, uh, what is what is Brahma? Like, what does that mean, word mean in, like, Sanskrit? Because I know there's Lord Brahma, and there's Brahmachari, and there's the Supreme Brahma, and then yeah. things like that, and I just would like to have a little more insight on that, if that's okay. Um, I could try. Uh, Prabhupada once said, their Brahman means the great, the great, you know, the greatest. Now, it, 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 uh, in, in that, when you're talking about a word and what a word means, you have to say in what context, because things mean different in what context. Lord Chaitanya is explaining the Alparama verse. Some of you know what the Alparama is. And in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and was it 62 times? It had different varieties because of the words can mean different things. Atma can mean the soul, it can mean the super soul, it can mean the body, it can mean the mind, it can mean the intelligence, depending on the context. So Brahman, uh, this phrase, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. I am Brahman, Krishna is Brahman, you know, the super soul. So there it just means spirit, pure spirit. Uh, in the con in, in Brahma, yeah, the long at the end is very important. That's why I've got emphasizing on the diagram. Brahma simply means the, the, the great one who has engineered this whole universe, the first created being. You see, and who's absorbed in Brahma. Yeah. Uh, so Brahmachari means those who are acting. Chari means acting. One who is acting in order to uh, become self-realized, spiritually realized. In other words, the, the, the austerity and so forth, they're leading toward self-realization. So those are the ways that word is used, you know, depending on the context. But you have to watch for that long A at the end. When you see that A, that's, that's Brahma, it's not Brahma. You know? mm -hmm. But, but the, the, uh, the basic, you know, this, uh, this Tato Brahma Jigyasa, you know, this is the first uh, uh, sutra of the Vedanta Sutra. And it's a call to human beings. Now then, having come to the human form of life and understanding, you know, somewhat of the, of, of, of the, you know, the value of the human form of life, uh, you should inquire into Brahman. You know, the next verse describes what that is, the source of everything. Janmadhyasayataha, that from which everything is born or generated, that which sustains the Adi, etc., uh, that which sustains everything and that which, into which everything will dissolve in the end. So that's the cause of all causes we learned in the first of the uh, verse of the Brahma Samhita, that's Krishna. You know, Karsava, Karma, Karma. But how do we know, how do we know? Third Sutra, Shastra Yonitvat. From Shastra, we can understand what the source of everything is because it's beyond the range of our material mind and senses. We need that source of knowledge. So even in those first three sutras, there's so much important instruction and commentary. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay. I think we have to end now. Now, is there a place where the devotees sit and take a little prasad, whatever there is? Okay, so I'm going to go to that area and I'm going to read something about Bhugava Goswami and Kashishwar as you take your prasad. And since I've said it in front of the deities, I have to do it so you'll see me there. All those So tomorrow, the next verse, very important. The first one, I mean, when, when I was yeah, here. yeah, yeah, like it. it's uh, seven nine. I'll, I'll pick it up. Seventeen. Okay, then the next one was seven nine eighteen. 18. Right? Let me just confirm. Yeah. Yeah.